Hello. 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 And welcome to Mobilize. Mobilize is a podcast that puts a spotlight on and is a resource for people, people, friends, communities, communities activists, activists who have decided to stand up, resist, 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 fight back, mobilize. Each day, together, together, we shine a light on the we truth. Shine a light on the we truth. focus on the things that unite us. We pull each other up. We celebrate, we celebrate our, our shared humanity. humanity. Episode 7, March Chorus. But most of the time you're seeing the same thing. You're seeing the same rhythm, at least. So at least there's that. You know? But here's the thing, like when we're in a group and we're sort of marching down the street and whatever, like if that ha- if, it's, if that happens, you know, and you don't happen to be standing next to your part or, or whatever, just sing the melody, it's cool. <laughs> right? So. Um, I would say, like, if we're going to have a mantra for this version for this time through, strong and wrong, right? <laughs> so not sure. Just just do it anyway and just strong and wrong because it's more okay. fun to be strong than it is to be like right. All right, are we ready? So, can you tell me who you are and what you do? My name is Katie McCreary, and I'm an actor in New York. And I, uh, I guess that's it. <laughs> like, who I am, what what I do, and and also I started this March chorus, and and here we are. <laughs> so, can you tell me a little bit about what is the March chorus? Um, so I went to the Women's March in D.C on the 21st of January. And we were marching up 14th Street and I saw 
this one woman with a tuba, or it was a sousaphone actually, but a tuba, you know, wrapped around her body. And she was just, you know, tubaing along, playing this land is your land over and over and over again. And I thought, well, I was just so impressed with her and like how brave she was to like bring her instrument out. And people were just singing along with her as she went. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool if there were, you know, 10 or 15 people that sort of sang like that in harmony or not, you know, who knew all these songs and just marched together during these, you know, during these marches that I, I knew we were going to have lots and lots of in the next hopefully you know, not too many years. And um, so I started a Facebook group online just being like, does anybody want to do this? And I was so surprised when people said yes. And um, and, and so then we, we had a rehearsal and then suddenly we had a chorus. It was it was crazy. <laughs> So do you have a background in music? I do. I have a Bachelor of Arts in music from a little teeny tiny school called the College of Worcester, which is in the middle of Ohio. And then I have a Master's of Music from The Ohio State University. And I guess my other question is, you don't strike me as somebody who would be organizing direct action in their normal life. Have you been an organizer for a long time or is this something new for you? No, I would say this is definitely something new for me. I've always been sort of like a, um, I guess you could call it like a fringe hippie. Is that a thing? <laughs> like like this idea of, you know, I, I feel like I'm socially conscious and socially active where I can be in my own life. So you know, I always try to recycle. I try to make sure to carry my own grocery bags, like the kind of thing you need to do day to day um, or I do day to day. But I never really tried organizing anything like this before. And um, I would just say like my my mantra for it is um, to not <laughs> to not try to put too much pressure on myself. And what what activated you? Why did you decide it was time, like before you had been to the Women's March, had you participated in demonstrations before? Not really. Um, I mean, I did some things like on my college campus, but not anything big like that. And I mean, part of it honestly was getting pregnant. So, you know, I'm six months pregnant. And um, we found out that we were pregnant the day after the election. Part of it was just that, you know, being a brown person and having, you know, I'm ha- I'm going to have a little brown kid. He's my son, right? <laughs> um I just was so terrified of what was going to be, what was going to be his future, what was going to, you know, be his choices. And I I just thought, I got to do something, you know. Um, So part of it was, part of it was the pregnancy. I think part of it also was just that, like, this is not, these these are not normal times. <laughs> this is not, uh, I'm definitely a, a lefty liberal type. You know, I'm, I'm proud of it. I'll clearly admit it. And, and we've lived through some interesting, <laughs> interesting presidents, but I've, I've never felt before that we had a, a, a candidate who was so incompetent. <laughs> I don't know if I can say that. <laughs> you can say anything you want. <laughs> okay. Um, who just seemed just unprepared and not knowledgeable about politics as a whole. I hate it when people say, well, he'll run the country like a business. And I'm, I'm like, this country is not a business. It's just not. Part of it was just, I think, the level of, um, 
I don't know, like the level of wealth and, and, and his incompetence. And then part of it was also, you know, starting a family. I felt like it was just trying to protect the little little corner of the earth that I, I've tried to carve out for myself. So when you and your husband went to the march in D.C., and you told me a little bit about the the sousaphone lady, but what was it? What was the experience for you uh, personally, and also just as a family? It was, it was so uplifting, in a way. It was just once we started actually marching. Like if you went to the women's march in Washington, there was the rally that happened first, and and Independence Avenue was completely packed. Like you couldn't even move in the beginning of that march, and then once we started actually marching, there were so many people that the route that we had planned out was overrun. You couldn't walk that way. There were too many people because the route was basically already full. So people were just streaming up whatever north, south street they could walk up. So 7th and then 12th and 14th and, and, and then, you know, and then the and the White House is right there. And there was something... I mean, it is. It's it's cathartic, and it feels really good to to just get out there and and just yell and be angry. I mean, because everyone's angry, <laughs> and and then at the same time, it's also nice to sort of connect, even even if it's just briefly, with somebody else who feels like you feel. So you're like on the the South Lawn, and there's the White House right there, and we were watching the motorcade, and everybody was. Everyone was chanting the same thing, and then somebody would start, you know, one of the chants that we already knew, and I and I would finish it, and then and then it would, it would get louder and louder, and then we would switch to something different, and um, there's something um, about feeling like you're a part of something bigger than yourself, you know, when you do those, when you do those marches and when you're all, when you're marching, you know, when somebody shouts, whose lives matter? And everybody around you shouts, black lives matter. It's great. It's this, it's this great thing. You know, I'm getting a little tingly thinking about it even. Like, it's just this wonderful, um, it's this wonderful feeling. And so I thought if there was a way to do that with song too, like, you know, why not try it? And since, you know, directly after the Women's March, it sounds like you felt very empowered and very excited. It's been a couple months since the Women's March. What kind of organizing have you been doing? So we came back to New York and I thought, let's start a march course. And I just put it out on Facebook to see what I could, could get. And and then I lucked out when we found a rehearsal space, which was super. Wait, can you? So yeah, let's, sorry. Let's, let's go back. <laughs> so you, you put out you put out a call on Facebook. Yeah. And what happened? I mean, and who did you put this out to? So I went on to Pantsuit Nation and a couple of the other activist groups that I was a part of on Facebook, which were very active right after the election and then during the inauguration. Those groups seemed like they were very, very active. People were posting articles every day and I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm doing this. So I was just like, well, I'll just post my thing in in those groups too. So then I just did a Facebook invite and I was like, we're having a rehearsal. We have... Well, what was the interest like? How many people responded to you? Well, my my the Facebook group now has 450-ish people in it. <laughs> but like... But, Wait, I mean, like, you say that so nonchalantly, 450 people? Well, <laughs> I say it nonchalantly because Facebook is easy, right? Anybody can have a Facebook group and you can be like, people who like zebra stripes, pajamas, you know, you can have a Facebook group and I'll have 
450 people in it. There's so many people on Facebook, right? But um, what I'm actually super proud of is that we have... 50-ish people on the email list of people who have actually seen in person. So that I like. So what I did was we made the Facebook group. My husband put together a couple of arrangements of songs. Um, So we had something to rehearse when we got there. We have this wonderful woman named Sarah Worthington who does all the copies and stuff for us. And then Allison Walsh is kind of like my administrator person. So she helps me with organizing and emails and stuff. And then Amy Stewart um, helps me with rehearsal videos. So we've got these people who help me do all this organizing stuff because to be honest with you, I'm not the best organizer in the world. Were you friends with all these people before this started? I didn't know any of them. I knew I knew none of them. So I met them I in the Facebook group after like the first or second week when we started getting some interest. I was like, does anybody want to help me organize and be a part of the leadership circle? And those were the people who responded to me. And so I just met them separately. I think there was a busking for justice event that happened at Washington Square Park. And so we like met at that. We sang a little bit and then we went to like some bar around the corner and we just sort of like organized and doled out some tasks and and stuff. And so it was it was neat. Like these were people, Amy and I had some friends in common, but everybody else I, I didn't know. And so that's kind of how it started. And then John, my husband, John, arranged some music and Sarah made some copies for us. And is John a musician or what? Yeah, John. So what what does John do? He's a musician. He plays guitar, piano. He composes, arranges, you know, he does jazz. He He does a little bit of everything. He's kind of like he's kind of like me. You know, people ask me, like, you're an actor. Like, what do you do? And I'm like, whatever you pay me to do. (laughs) <laughs> so does John gig around the city or? Yeah, he does. He gigs with a band called From Russia With Love, um, <laughs> which is um, which is a Russian big band. That's pretty funny given current events with yeah. Russia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you have this incredible practice space, the, the church. What's the name of the church? It's St. John's in, um, in the village. Yeah. Can you explain how that came about? Yeah. So I did a reading. My friend wrote a show and he asked me if I would come and and do a reading with him. And I said yes. And we were rehearsing in St. John's. And I don't know how we started talking about it, but he was like, oh, Pastor Mark is great. Pastor Mark loves the arts. Pastor Mark this, Pastor Mark that. And I was like, oh, okay. And so initially when I was looking, you know, and I just put out again on Facebook, like, does anybody know about any free rehearsal spaces that we can work in so we can rehearse? David, my friend David, Alan Thornton, got back to me and he was like, oh, you should contact Pastor Mark where you had rehearsals for his show, Lady Monday. And I was like, OK. And I emailed Pastor Mark and he got right back to me. <laughs> and I was like, we're doing this. We, we would like to have this march chorus where people can raise their voices and in, in peaceful protest. And he was like, great, you can have the sanctuary. <laughs> and I was like, super. <laughs> and And I think... <laughs> When you first had the idea for the chorus, did you think everything would be so easy? I mean, what's it? Why do you think everybody? I mean, everything is falling into place. People are so eager. Why do you think it's so exciting to people? 
So we have a rehearsal coming up this Sunday and every Sunday I have like, it's not a real anxiety attack, but it's like a little bit, like I have a little panic attack every time we go and I'm like, you know, my husband and I are like on the path train and we're, we're heading in and I'm like, no one's going to be there this time. (laughs) He's like, and he's like, he's like, why, why do you say that? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I just, no one's going to be there this time. And then I go, I, you know, I, we have a, we have a half hour between three and three 30 where I just bring cookies or donuts or whatever. And I'm like, here, eat these and commiserate and I'm like maybe this will make them come if I give them donuts can you explain the first day because clearly you were you were worried is anyone going to show up and then what was it like the first rehearsal so the first rehearsal we we put out a Facebook invite you know like I think 15 people said they were going to show up and I was like okay great 15 people super like we'll just split everything up and it'll be fine I had no idea who to expect I I honestly expected a lot of my personal friends to show up and there weren't that many of them maybe there were like three or four and then everybody else who showed up I think they were 25 or 26 the first day I was like how did you guys hear about it and some people were like Pantsuit Nation and some people were like Rise and Resist is another group on Facebook and 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 all these other things that I just happened to like post around on and I was like oh well that's cool (laughs) yeah how did it feel you were expecting 15 people and then double showed up. Yeah, um, I was really surprised. I was totally shocked. I was like, oh, this is great. You know, I always feel a certain amount of pressure on myself. Like, I just, I want people to have fun. I want people to have a good time. I want people to feel like we're organized and we kind of know what we're doing a little. <laughs> like, so it's just, a, I mean, we have rehearsals every two weeks. It's really not that frequent. And so that I think that's why I think no one will show up the next two weeks is because, is because I, I I don't know. It's not it's not that I don't have faith in them. I, I don't have faith in myself, I guess. It's what it comes down to. But everybody proves me wrong every week. So And that and that's exciting. So explain to me how how the actual process of rehearsal, the first one, did you have it like a set plan or like what songs did you sing? So the first rehearsal we had four or five songs. We tried to pick a wide variety of songs that people could pick up easily. That was the whole point. So even if you never come to rehearsal, even if you just happen to like see us on the street marching, you'll know these songs or you will be able to pick them up very quickly. So we did the Digger song, which is uh, I think an 18th century <laughs> old English tune that was part of the Diggers Rebellion, like way in you know back in the 1700s. And then we did we do Stand by Me, so everybody knows that. We do Ella's song, which it's it's a super easy it's a super easy tune.
right? It's really easy, right? Like, if you hear that like four or five times, you'll get it, right? Mostly like what we wanted was stuff that was upbeat, we could walk to, like if somebody had like a five gallon plastic pickle tub and some sticks, they could, you know, um, help us out with some rhythm. So... And when you rehearse, do you does the chorus move and and actually walk while rehearsing? Or yeah, yeah. Um, we finished up our rehearsal actually just marching around the sanctuary, and then um, we actually went to Foley Square. There was another Busking for Justice event. So we went to Foley Square to see if we could team up with them and sing with them a little bit. So that was outside and it was it was cold. And, you know, kudos to all of the sweet, sweet people who came out to um, to sing with to sing with them because it seemed it seemed to work pretty well. How did the people around you react to you? Can you describe just like the experience, I guess, of what it's like to be singing in in um in a situation like that? Um, I, I think that mostly I think when you have like more than one person doing something, you'll get somebody else who will come along for the ride a little bit. So like that episode with the tuba lady was really fun because like she was playing, I was singing, my husband was singing, my um, friend Mickey who was also there was, you know, singing along with all of us and then everybody was singing. It's kind of the same. It was kind of the same way, you know, when somebody starts a chant, it's the same. It's the same exact idea. You know, it's just like. But what's different for you between singing and chanting? Oh, man. Um, You know, honestly, not a lot. (laughs) Um, I think I think it's just another way to get organized. But but I think there's something special about singing in a choir. It's this idea of like you being a part of a, a whole and then together the little parts make something even greater than than all the little parts. That's cool. So, you know, you've got all these different people coming to make the the chorus. Uh-huh. And March chorus uh how do you how do you imagine it being deployed as part of a greater whole? Are you working with organizations? Which how do you decide which events you're going to go to? <laughs> um deciding which events we go to is hard and I and I I I hate I feel I hate being dictatorial about things. Like sometimes I'm like, we should just go to this march, and then I always ask everybody. I'm like, do you want to go? Do we should we go? I don't know if we should go. And and I think um, you know I'm I'm really not good at just about just you know about leading from the front. That's not that's not really how I operate. Um, but um, from the very beginning. Um, we knew we wanted to do the tax march that was coming up on April 15th. We knew we wanted to do the March for Science. So those were like two goals that we could just have in mind. And like, um, So you say you don't like leading from the front, but clearly you found yourself <laughs> leading from the front. And can you explain just like as somebody who's not predisposed to be super, uh, you know, aggressively out there, what's it like having people looking to you for direction? Um. It's kind of scary. <laughs> um, it, it it is. I mean, like you know, I I like to take care of people. I like to you know if if you know I'll, I'll always I'll always defend somebody, especially if the if I, if I can see it right in front of me. You know, when when I was on tour, I was our um, deputy for the for the actors union, and. Um, I, I liked doing that because if somebody had a problem, they could come to me and then I could be a bulldog, right? I could be, I could get in, I could get in somebody's face or write an email or, or, you know, put on my most quote unquote articulate face and, 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 you know, out, 
out talk somebody like that that I, I feel very comfortable doing when someone's like go out there and lead from the front I feel like I constantly have to look behind me and be like are you all there <laughs> is it going well do you like it like so what kind of what kind of advice do you have for people who are you know they're on the fence they they feel like you know I should be doing something but I'm a little bit scared what's and clearly you were too, but you, you decided to take the leap. What kind of advice do you have for people who aren't sure whether or not they should get out there and, and sing or, or, or march? Well, um, my uh, this is the advice I give to myself. So when, I'm, uh, when I have rehearsals on Sunday and I'm having my little panic attack and I think that nobody's going to show up, I always say, I'm just going to go out there and sing because it makes, it makes my heart happy. And, and that's enough. Like if I set the, the bar you know, to be what makes my heart happy and not like, how many people did I get today? How many emails did we add to the list? So speaking of, you know, going out to the march and making your heart happy, yeah. what's your hope? Uh, you know, I know a lot about how you're interfacing with, with the, the chorus and, and what it means to you. What's your hope that other people will take away from the chorus? Well, I hope that if they hear us singing, they sing along. That's pretty much it. <laughs> like, if we get, like, four or five people to, like, join in, you know, as we go, that that would that would be that would be great. That would be baller. Right. That would be so awesome because it just again, it's just that it's just that that connection that you, you can make with a stranger where, where you're like, I'm, I'm saying what you're saying. We're saying it together. And and when and you're making all these connections with strangers and it's you know, I saw you describing and you got a little tingly. But what do you think socially making these connections with people that you don't know, do you feel like it's gonna have do you think it will affect the country, the conversation? Like do you think it will accomplish anything? Or or are you just kind of doing it to feel personally, you know, self care, feel better? Right. Um can it be both? I think it can be both. I hope it can be both, because I feel like it is part of it is definitely selfish. Like there is definitely a part of me that feels better when you're like sort of wrapped up in sound. You know, it just makes you feel like a more of a human being, right? Um, I hope it changes the conversation. I, I hope that you know somebody would come home and be like, there was this crazy group of singers and they were singing "Stand by Me" and it was really cool and I joined in. Like that would be that would be great. That would be that would be really that would be like you know icing on the cake it would be bon- it would be a bonus for us and after you had the experience with the tuba lady i know you you were <laughs> did, you wanted to sing more and you wanted to get out more um did you attend more basically did you find yourself becoming uh, active in any other ways other than demonstrations yeah um yeah so i feel like i tried to find um smaller more personal ways um to reach out so actually i just got the email today that i've been approved to be a big sister so i'm super stoked about that (laughs) um and and that kind of thing i mean like i i feel like um part of it is when we do these marches it's great because you the whole world sees that right like there's news there's tv there's cameras there's facebook there's you know there's so much media involved that lots and lots of people can see it but i think it's also really important to sort of like reach out in in your community wherever wherever you can you know like if you just just in the smallest way and like um well yeah that's it <laughs> yeah and uh 
Thank you so much, by the way, for taking the time. This is really exciting. So I guess for how do you feel um, art and music, how do you hope that those will change our country? Oh man, <laughs> that's a big. And why? Question. And why are they important as part of <laughs> as part of this um, this movement? Um, I just think it's so important to, you know, I, I guess this is like sort of a twofold thing. Like on a on a for for me, like if I were, I'm just like sort of spouting this off the top of my head, but like. When you're a part of a, a choir or an orchestra or a play, I mean, these are my personal experiences. You know, when you're a part of a of a group putting something on, and it's especially for music because music is is you know, it's it's art and time, right? So it starts and then it ends and it's gone. <laughs> um, something that I love about that about being in a group and doing that is that you can have a conversation with somebody without saying anything without you know you know if you're playing an instrument you you're you were literally not talking with language but you are communicating to each other in a in a different sort of way and um or even just to have that experience i think it's so important so enriching just on like a very personal level right um and then um I guess the other uh, the other part of that is just that, I mean, I, I sort of already mentioned it. Like music is so ephemeral. It is. It starts and it happens in time, and then it's and it ends, and it sort of teaches you to appreciate what is there when it's there. Um, I'm sorry, this is very philosophical. I don't know what happened, <laughs> but um, I I think that like if if people had had these experiences or had more of these experiences you know um i don't i don't know it would just help it just it helps you appreciate what you have when you have it and and not to not to try to hoard it away in a way i, I don't know well so having having people have these experiences what do you think what do you hope that how how that changes the country or the or the nation oh my god <laughs> Um, you know, we, you know, or before we got in the booth, you know, we were talking about trolling a little bit, <laughs> right? And so, like, the first, like, the first, like, three months of, from when Trump was elected until the inauguration or whatever it was, you know, there was a lot of trolling going on. And I got a lot of people who would, I would say, I would say something, and I got a lot of people being that, you know, saying back to me, like, you're so sensitive, Snowflake, you know, and and my thought is why is that bad <laughs> my thought is why is being sensitive to how other people feel a bad thing and i and i don't think it's bad i think just because you care about how other people feel that you listen to them and pay attention to them and you acknowledge what they say you know i don't think those I don't think any of those qualities are bad and I think this idea of of listening back to people and I I think everybody has it in them but if they embraced that they had it in them um you know I I think we could just learn a lot (laughs) from each other so I really I really like that you know you're you were talking a little bit about how the internet can be so impersonal and and people can feel enabled but also almost obligated to to be uh aggressive or or oppositional to each other yeah, yeah. um 
you know, and you were talking about how, you know, music puts people face to face and experience something. Get Can you talk a little bit about how it seems like you're talking about how sharing an experience will change the conversation and and and. Is that what you were saying? Or? Yeah, it is. I mean, it is. I think. I think so. And like, I, actually, I can even apply this to, you know, how the group started. So the group started the uh, March course started on Facebook, right? And there's 450 people in the group, but you know, I I have seen 10 percent of those people like in person. And it's easy, right? It's so easy to be on the internet and, you know, and and I'm and I'm so guilty of this. I'm still guilty of this. Like, you know, there's only one person who I follow on Twitter who alerts on my phone and that's Donald Trump. <laughs> right? And so he'll tweet something stupid in the morning and then I'll be like I'll be like at Donald Trump, what about blankety blank blank blank? Please do your job, you know. And um that's easy, right? It's easy for me to, it's so easy to waste like an hour just just tweeting back at people or going on Facebook and or going on YouTube and like trolling people. It's so easy to do that. And it's so much harder <laughs> to like actually meet in person. There's, there's, there's a, a level of, um, I mean, there, there. I think there's a, a little bit of level of like fear and trepidation, and what's actually going to happen, and and um, it's also exciting, <laughs> you know. When you actually interact with somebody, is there is there um, in person versus versus on the internet? Uh, what are the differences between just the way you act towards them and they act towards you? I mean. When I when I'm on the internet, I I you know, and I'm I will always say like if somebody says something mean to me, I will say I will always say please do not call me that, you know. I have respect for you. You have respect for me. Please tell me why you're feeling this way or, or whatever. When when I when I get to interact with like the actual March March course in person, I mean that's when I get to be the cheerleader, right? That's when I get to like. Um, throw confetti and flowers and I get to look somebody in the face and, and say, thank you for coming. And, and, um, um, you know, it, it's, it, it is exhausting in a way, but, um, it's so worth it. <laughs> if, if you, if you met some of the people that you were having these kind of acrimonious online conversations in, in person, um, do you think that, do you think they might sing with you or do you think they would treat you differently? I don't I don't know. I mean, part of it honestly is, you know, when you're online, nobody I mean, Facebook's a little bit different, but like you know, on every other platform, you know, the photo the photo profile is not my picture and I'm a black woman, so I I think they would. <laughs> I mean, just by virtue of like seeing me. Um but but I I would also hope that um, I would also hope that because, you know, we're interacting face to face, you know, and, and you're talking like person to person, like you, they, they and, and I as well would be able to talk and actually listen without just talking at each other, if you, if you know what I mean. Um, I think it's really easy, to, especially on the internet, to just talk at somebody and not actually listen to what they're saying. Um, and it's hard to listen to 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 somebody who has an oppositional view to you. It's, it's really difficult, you know, and in some ways, you know, social media makes this easier. And in some ways it, it, it doesn't, you know, it makes it easier to just tune them out. And um, so I only have two more two more questions. Um, what do you hope for your son 
you know, what do you what do you what what do you hope for to have? What do you hope for his life? Yeah, oh my gosh, there's so much that I hope for him. <laughs> I hope that he can um, go to school and and feel included wherever he goes. I mean, when he, you know, when he comes home, he will be loved by by me and my husband and all of our surrounding community, you know, and I I know that. But I I hope that um, whenever he goes out into the world, like a little bit beyond my reach, that he will feel just as confident out there as he does in his own space. And I hope he learns things, and I hope there are some hard times for him because you don't learn anything if it's easy. (laughs) Um, But I I hope that he will have enough confidence in himself, um, regardless of what he looks like or how he will identify, you know, if he's he's gay or straight or trans or whatever. Um, You know, I hope he will have enough confidence um, to to just go out and be himself and be unapologetic about it. That's what scares me the most is this idea that he would have to go out and try to like you know my my husband's white and I'm quite light skinned. Like if he had to go out and try to pass, that would be so sad for me. <laughs> and I, I think it would be sad for him <laughs> too. You know, um, and I I just, I just want him to be able to be himself and be comfortable being himself. And and so, you know, it seems like you were talking about you felt a call to go out and make a difference. What do you, what do you hope to do you hope to change right now? Or are you just finding community? Like what what why are you out there right now? I, I mean, like, I hope that you know, part I mean, part of it is part of it is finding community, but really that's not that's not what it's about. Like part of it is just, you know, it's just about being heard. I think, I think it's just that, you know, you, you have like this, you have this, you have this little voice and you just hope that, um, you know, someone else will hear it and, and acknowledge it as another, another human that's valid, you know, another, another person that, that can be respected just by virtue of being a person, not, not because of who who they are, but just because they are. <laughs> yeah. And and now that you've seen like so many people are becoming active and really standing up across the country because they are they do feel that call. Do you feel like how do you feel about that? I think it's awesome. I think it's so great. Um, I I feel honestly it's a little overwhelming because you want to help or at least I do, like, I feel like I want to help everywhere and you kind of have to pick and choose a little bit, um, you know, because there's only so many hours in the day (laughs) and, and, and we all have to eat. So like, so part of it is, um, I really think that like whatever little thing you decided to do, you, we all, whatever, whoever decided to do, um, in the in the in the wake of this of this crazy time and whatever, is good is a good thing. Like you know, everybody has their own 
their own limit. And I feel like if you just you, you just push past your own limit, just like a little bit, you know, you've you've grown as a person, you've listened to somebody new, you've um, you've helped where you can help. Like even if before you were like, I'll never recycle. It's a waste of time. And 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 then in the wake of this, you decided that maybe I will recycle. That's great. Like, that's great. <laughs> that's a tiny change. But if everybody makes a little tiny change, it, it, it makes it better. Thank you for listening to Mobilize. We want to share your story. Go to mobilizehere.com and let us know how you are helping take our country back. <laughs>